Hello, listener, and welcome to the April Fool's Day special of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Three Snubbles in a Granbull Suit. With me today, as always, Jace Bellerin. I'm looking for clues. And, of course, our special... Bad one. <laughs> as I was saying... Blue Mage's chill. And our special guest, Jacket. Okay, so Jeb, what have you been playing? Well, uh, for most of the past couple weeks, since it's been, it's been a minute, um, I have been. What have I been <laughs> Do you need to look for clues? <laughs> no, no, no! I already drew my card. Um, to be. I was playing something I was thinking To be fair, it was Shadows of Vernistrad spoiler season, which did kind of eat a lot of <laughs> online attention. It, oh, hey, the Gitrod It's, it's not there. often that you can give me a six-hour-long uh, YouTube video, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll sit, I'll sit through this. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch this, yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I did. I watched that. I watched the pre-pre-release for Shadows of Vernistrad, and that was yeah. really good. Look, red looks red looks Every really good. Every single deck in an eight person event was running red. <laughs> the winner was running red. <laughs> you know, it, well, yeah. yeah, all of them were. It's always in the last place you look. Yes, exactly. Uh, apart from that, I've just been dabbling here and there with various games that I've accrued recently. I uh, spent some time playing things like Mini Metro, which is a uh, Kind of like a kind of like a strategy puzzle game where you have to move passengers as efficiently as possible on a limited number of subway lines. It's got this very minimalistic uh, presentation. It looks like a subway map, oh, yes. and the various stations uh, spawn randomly as you play, and they're just simple shapes that represent what kind of area Who's they are. Reminding me. Uh, I will say that. Uh, oh, go on. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Mini Metro does also have a wonderful developer, and their name is Dinosaur Polo Club. <laughs> there you go. That's all you need. <laughs> I really hope that comes I with was, a little I T-Rex was... logo. No, 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 no. It's it's a it's a bracket. Well, it's a Diplodocus, honestly. It's a Diplodocus uh, with in silhouette with a tiny, tiny person holding a polo stick on its back. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. This, this is, yeah, this is I'm, I'm Imagine my alternative, wherein it is still a horse, but it's a T-Rex riding it, trying to hold a polo mount. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, yeah. I've also played Earth Time. Ah, yes! Which is fascinating. I have trouble, um, not intervening. <laughs> and I... Keep accidentally triggering um, extinction level events. Jesus! What is this thing? Go on, Jeff. I- I- explain Earth Tongue. <laughs> Earth Tongue. Earth Tongue is a game where you are a, a researcher, a scientist. You are doing a science on a, an alien planet. Um, there's there's up to three now. One of when one of them is uh, like one of them is Earth Tongue, which the game's named after. And then there's also Pumpkin <laughs> Hill. Um. I can't remember the other one, but there's there's a few different plans you can choose from, and 
you each of these planets have one defining trait, and that's that they all have these nutrients that are constantly falling from the sky uh-huh. to support life. And you watch the life adapt and evolve, and you can intervene. As you play, you get intervention points as you collect more nutrients or biomass on the planet. And when you intervene, you can spawn in either random bugs or fungi. Or cause weather And you accidentally trigger extinction, in most cases. Well, one of the the weather... One of the weather uh, uh, interventions that you can perform is a meteor shower. And I am too impatient to save up my my interventions to do specific things, so I just no! put them random. You're a capricious god! <laughs> I once had a very stable uh, cicada community because they'd only eat a little bit and then they'd go to sleep underground. And then you cause nuclear winter? Yes. Oh! And then a couple of years later I did it again. I also destroyed a lot I of... I think cicadas might be safe from something like that. I suppose it would depend on how long it went on. Well, uh, when you do... Uh, when when the meteor shower hits, uh, some of the flames don't go away for a long time. Like years and years? Don't some cicadas take like seven yes. years? Yeah, the, the life cycle of a cicada is about seven years. I'm pretty sure ours don't, because we have them every fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> they must be some other kind. Or they just have really Depends stable waves. You are right there, Dylan? Apologies to the listener if I sound gaspy. Uh, last night I had some Balinese food, which is served with chili paste on the side. <laughs> and I just found that between one of my teeth, a seed had been found. Oh, sorry. Oh, boy. Oh, no. You need a drink? You have a drink. Okay, I'm fine. Excellent. I'm fine. All just, right. boy, that clears out the sinus. <laughs> I can see colors. <laughs> colors I never knew of before. Um, <laughs> I had Lebanese lamb. Mm. That was also delicious. But, uh, yes. So, Earth Tongue, which, which is very much in that meditative, quiet kind of game. Unless you feel like a vindictive sky guy mm. and want to rain down destruction upon the tiny, cute fungus. And let's face and it, bugs. when don't I feel like that? It's making me think of a, um, is it Populous where you're legit playing a god? Yeah. Yeah. Populous is the, the the game that, in fact, popularized the term god game. Are they called god games? That's very fitting. For a good long time, they were. <laughs> I think of something like that, where you explicitly can only interfere randomly. It's like a metaphor for why deities are so fucked up. <laughs> I'm trying, I just... This is an inexact what, science! What it reminds me of... What it m- reminds me of is a, a side-projected version of mm. SimEarth. That's not nearly as... Complex, yeah, because uh, a certain level of complexity is nice in a sim, but you get too much and it feels like you're not really doing anything. I opened my mouth to say I didn't sim- realize sim- it was a sim earth, and then I closed it again because why wouldn't there be? Yeah, S- sim earth is a is a particular beast that uh, requires a very very careful um, hand when you're when you, when you're playing it in the the modes that are like. That, that have restrictions on the stuff mm. you can do when you have a limited amount of, of influence on the, the planet. Um, in the sandbox mode, go nuts. <laughs> um, if you're playing Sam Earth, uh, 
obviously you win if you wind up getting dinosaurs to be your <laughs> um, sentient so I think species. that's a win condition for literally any game. If you do that, you have won. It's it's not the actual. Obviously, it's not the actual win condition. But let's be honest: if you have achieved sentient civilized dinosaurs, oh hell yes. you've yes, won. Dinosaur in a lab coat with glasses perched on the top of the snout. The uh, the the discussion of the whole random god uh, does remind me of as a as a wee young thing reading old PC format magazines on back order and back in the golden days of Pete Molyneux overpromising where he was going where he was claiming that the next populist game would include such things as a as a deific portfolio and if you were the god of wine periodically you just get drunk and all your powers would behave randomly. <laughs> Ah, the golden era of Pete Molyneux promising. <laughs> As opposed to now, where we're pretty much in the postmodern era of Pete Molyneux yeah, yeah, promising. Yeah, now now, now we uh, ironically embrace the fact that he's going to overpromise, <laughs> and it's like, well, of course. Of course he couldn't deliver that. You just don't get it. <laughs> I miss Black and White. I miss the pre-release hype for Black and White, when we didn't actually have the game. We just had... The potential of the game. Because that thing sounded incredible. The prospect of black and white. I like yeah. black and white. I couldn't play black and white. But I saw someone else play it on a computer that was a lot better than mine. Mm. I did the the very uh, important uh, pro strat for, for playing black and white back in the day. Which was, be as evil as possible, but make sure your creature is still good. <laughs> yeah. Because this means that you can rain death and destruction down on the villagers of the world, and your creature becomes like a savior to them. <laughs> oh, you're, you're the bad guy out of Unbreakable. <laughs> That's not the metaphor. That's not the metaphor oh, I was going to draw. But then again, the metaphor I'm going to I was going to draw now in hindsight is, is just more religiously rude. I thought the. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you've got your Old Testament God, New Testament oh, yeah, God. Good point. It's like a mullet, you know, smiting yeah. in front, party out back. Ladies. <laughs> so talented. Uh, I am like? playing a couple of things. Um, Mullets for the mullet God. <laughs> I've been playing a couple of things, including a neat little phone game called Framed. That is currently on the Humble Bundle yes, mobile bundle. which is indeed why I picked it up, because it looked interesting, and for a buck, you know what, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> uh, the, the, it's, it's an adventure game in the classic mold of you are trying to find the right sequences of things to apply to the other things so that the narrative flows as the designer wanted it to. But while <laughs> games like Day of the Tentacle and Sam and Max operated on the idea that any given interaction had to be both coherent and funny. Framed instead is designed as a comic book, where instead of trying to find the correct arrangement of keys and doors and roaming around exploring, it's just this constant kinetic flow of introduce a character as a silhouette who has a suitcase, sorry, a briefcase, and they are now bolting from one side of the screen to the other through comic panels. And the comic panels are arranged mm -hmm. in a particular way to tell story A, of the character with the briefcase getting caught. And you need to rearrange those panels so that it's instead the story of a different thing happening. 
Eventually, you get to rearrange the panels. There's also tidbits where things like spotlights are involved, which shine from one panel to the other. It's a very interesting little puzzle in that it wants you to look at the panels as both a diegetic space for their own little story and also a non-diegetic space where you can pick them up and rearrange them and then assume that that will change the story itself. It's a genuinely interesting little project with a lot of great people worked on it. Uh, apparently, Hideki Kim- Kimaya... Uh, said that he really liked it, which was, you know, that probably helped bump their sales. I have no idea about any of that. It sounds reminiscent of uh, of a of a game called Rooms. Go on. Which is a a puzzle game where you're trying to escape from uh, some sort of manner, or I mean, the, the narrative basically is just tacked on. Uh, but to, to do so, you have to go through a series of rooms. You, you find keys, and you operate devices to open doors, and so forth, and climb stairs, and, you know, the the, the whole the, the whole nine yards. Um, but the, the individual rooms you go through, each one is like a, a series of paintings that you slide around the screen. Oh! So you go, like, you go through a door into a panel of this painting... And then you can slide that panel down to another one to continue on. And the the puzzle is how to arrange the 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 painting portraits, the rooms that you're trying to get through in order to finish the puzzle you're working on. Hmm. This is a lot like that, right? Except you have to arrange the path uh, in advance. Yeah. Don't move it during the scene. It's like pipe dream with a story to it. The character is going to flow in this direction. Yeah, it'll do what you put in front of it. And and there are some really interesting places where it uses this. Where, for example, there's a sequence where a character is holding a cigarette lighter because the panels start in, in, as it were, at the beginning of an animation, and then they conclude. And there's one sequence where a character where, where a lighter is shown mm-hmm. in a hand with a thumb on it. You know, about about to open the lighter and use it, and what you can do is flip that lighter around, and that means that it's now instead of being held in a right hand, it's being held in a left hand, which means the character who is holding something else in their right hand yeah. is suddenly the one holding the lighter, and that's it's very slick. That's very clever. Uh, and it does a good job of conveying all its mechanics. I very rarely get truly stuck. It does have a slight problem in that if you're dealing with one of the more safe combination-y kind of sequences of like, you know, well, I need to rearrange these all in this order. I'm not sure what I'm doing. I need to try a couple of things. It does mean you have to watch the animation play out across every single panel up to the one you're stuck on, which is a little bit of a bummer. But broadly speaking, it's it's certainly a neat little game to play for a buck on your phone. Could I'm, maybe use a fast forward button. Yeah, but where would you put it? The interface is hyper-minimalist. Yeah, but a fast forward button doesn't take up a lot of space. That's true. That's true. I too have been playing a uh, a mobile game mm-hmm. lately. Uh, it's by a, a very famous um, video game company. Uh, they've been a make around for a long time. Uh, some of their consoles very well remembered. Uh-huh. Um, one of the most you know one of the most iconic companies in the history of gaming. Um, and uh, it turns out that uh, the Sonic Boom mobile game is actually pretty good for a <laughs> I'm sitting here listening to this going, there's a swerve coming. There's a swerve coming. 
It is WrestleMania <laughs> weekend. But yeah, so the Sonic Boom mobile game is actually decent. For, well, for a free-to-play infinite runner, I mean, <laughs> you run and you jump over obstacles and you collect rings. Really? That's everything you want out of a Sonic game? What more do you want out of a Sonic game? Can you play Tails? You can unlock All various right, so. characters. Fair enough. And each character has their own special abilities. Knuckles is overpowered. Because <laughs> he has a ground pound that automatically kills enemies. I'm fine with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that seems good. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's good. <laughs> what about you, Fox? Have you been playing anything this week? Uh, actually, yeah. Because I've had a few instances where I've just been too angry to work on my visual novel. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, you know, it, it's a Swan Lake story, so it's tragic and romantic, and there's moonlight and, and meaningful pauses and a lot of that kind of stuff. And you really can't write that oh, when that you're shit. super pissed off at something on the internet. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I. All that garbage. Swan Lake is from a world without shit posting. It, it's not that, I mean... It, oh, God, I just imagined Swan Lake the shitpost. Just, like, the entire story of Swan Lake as told through three Twitter streams. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Go on, Fox. The only problem is, of course, this movie turns to a really obnoxious Swan Lake Blaze. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter account. And... The... I have no idea what these two... Are... What if we was birds? <laughs> Holy shit! Birds? Wow. Because, like, we can fly, but we can't fly, but we can't. I, I gotta say that the, uh, the the underscore blaze is kind of the the natural nadir of most uh, Twitter comedy for me. It's just like, I I do not get why this is funny. Oh, Dang good. Not. I have no idea what anyone here is talking about. So about your angry Swan Lake plays... No, no, not. That, that's the whole point. Because instead I've been breaking this up by playing something that I got recently but haven't had the chance to play, which is Majora's Mask 3D. Oh. You, so, you've just been playing a, a, a video game. Just, like, nothing yeah, remarkable at all. Yeah, fucking video game. <laughs> a video It's a little game? bit remarkable because they changed some stuff and I'm just just a little bit fucking sore about it. Because <laughs> I went back to some places looking for things that I remembered were there and they weren't fucking there anymore. <laughs> Did they make the game good yet? Uh, uh, eat me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a vicious statement. And, uh, no, actually, they kind of ruined one of the most fun bits of the game, which is Zora Link swimming. Um, this is something that brought me great joy in the original, because he's really fast, and he goes like a dolphin. You, you can, like, dive down deep, and then if you shoot up really fast, you, you break the surface of the water and go, eee! You don't actually squeak, but <laughs> I may have squeaked. But you do, as you're playing it. <laughs> anyway, it was a lot of fun just to swim around for the joy of it uh, when you were in the Zora body at last. Um, and they took that away. You can only do the high-speed swimming when you use your magic shield thing, which is based on a timer and requires you to hold down two buttons. Whereas in the original, to swim fast, you just went, I will push a stick. Aww. Um, Yeah. I, I liked the controls better in the original, and I'm sore that they took out the ability to swim endlessly. It makes some of the travel you have to do in Zora form really annoying. 
I, I must say, it's very typical of a game to make the fishing minigame awful. They added fishing minigames. Oh, great. Is it, <sighs> so my joke is ruined because there is also, in addition to a ga- minigame about being a fish, a fishing minigame. They put in a couple of fishing holes, which were not in the original, and I don't... It, I don't know why people like fishing in Zelda. It's not fun. I don't get it. I I love Zelda. Why fishing? Uh. You can... And indeed, the, I don't know. You can distract Ganon or something in one of them, or... I, I think... I've, I remember uh, hearing... I remember hearing, like, an interview with a Japanese developer. I don't know. I don't think it was about Legend of Zelda, but they were talking about why they had fishing minigames in their game. And they just gave this sort of wistful story about back when I was a kid in the summer. We used to have this fun sitting with our, you know, fishing lines in the river. And even if we didn't catch anything, we had fun. I'm just like, so your solution is to impose the boring part of your summer on everyone else. Even if that is fun, even if that's enjoyable, even if it's a nice, serene experience like that, it doesn't fit well in a game that is about having three days to live. <laughs> it's not the place for it. Unless that is your literal bucket list. <laughs> it's fish bucket. Granted, if I had the power to go back through time at will like I, that, I would do a yeah, whole lot of fishing. Yeah, I would do a lot more fishing if I had infinite time. Uh, not if you had to sit and wait and watch the animation and play the same song every time. <laughs> Resetting time is annoying, okay? I'd make a recording. <laughs> I'd, I'd put it on tape. Well, of course you then... sing at the fish, Fox. Haven't you ever gone fishing? Uh, no. You play the song of storms because the rain calls the fish out. Haven't you ever gone fishing? Link is clearly a cheat. <laughs> yes. What, that, that's how you, like, totally own the fishing hole in Ocarina, you cheat. Totally owning the fishing hole is not my OkCupid profile name. <laughs> Three Yet. days to live is mine. <laughs> Majora's Mayfly. <laughs> and then and then when you're finishing, then they're going to do the upgraded version of Majora's Mask, where when you finish the game, you get the good ending, and you're about to close it. It's like, and now that you turn the game off and stop caring, we'll die anyway. What if a video game was a video game? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes, well, on the other hand, I got up to the Stone Tower and I fucking love the Stone Tower music, so I've been enjoying that for sure. Cool. It, it's really cool. Um, I've also had a bit of fun with the card and board games and whatnot being produced by uh, the class that I'm not in. <laughs> like, I've had a couple of people approach me and say, here is my idea for a game. What do you think of this idea? What are things you can consider with this? And had had one... You said I'm not being paid. <laughs> well, no, because I'm a massive nerd. I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool idea. And, but um, we, we did get... Uh, I did get approached by a student who, say, who said, look, uh, my original idea uses colors a lot. Can you give me help and guidance on making sure it's colorblind accessible? Which I thought was just a really nice thing that like, they actually thought of that for like a class project. That is cool. Did you then say try finding someone who's colorblind? I'm not sure. Who I talk to. directed them to a couple of websites that have tips for designing <clears throat> for colorblindness. But yeah, okay, I, yeah. I, I did not give them direct experience of well, of course I know everything about <laughs> this shit. I as a color, I as a colorblind person, <laughs> I don't see color. 
There is actually a uh, colorblind filter on Scribus mm. for exactly this purpose, which is kind of neat. And uh, I cannot remember the game that I saw my friends enthusiastically waving it around recently where there was a... It was it was like a big AAA release. I don't want to say Dark Souls 3, but it was a, it's a noteworthy <laughs> release, which actually had um, user interface colorblindness settings. Where, oh, shit. Where, yeah, where the game was willing to say, all right, which of these many different settings works best for you? I think, uh, I think Shadow Mar. Dying? Possibly. Light? Yeah. Which isn't a recent release eh. at all. It's recent to me! <laughs> <laughs> Dying Light is basically, um, is Dead Island yeah, good. Yeah, I remember it was the Dead Island devs. And. It's Dead Island, but. And, good. uh, someone was suggesting that. Dead Island's it, existence precludes the existence of Mirror's Edge 2. And what? It's Dying Light. Dying yeah. Light, you mean. Sorry, D- Dying Light. Yeah, because Dying Light is way is a way better parkour game than Mirror's Edge yeah. could hope to be. Well, to be fair... Because because Dying Light gives you a... And zombies. Hook. Okay, that's not really parkour anymore. I, I don't care about <laughs> the zombies, but no. <laughs> it gives Feelings you of freedom are very important in, in this kind of game, it's true. But on the other hand, and it also has it also has a fantastic mechanic for fall damage, which is if you land on an awning, a car, or garbage, you take no damage. Oh, garbage! <laughs> so yeah. you wind up being a literal trash seeker. I'm just yes. thinking, like, what what do they not have in their garb? Like, <laughs> it's a resort town. Well, I've seen time, well, sometimes, full of construction waste. All I'm saying. <laughs> so, Sometimes, sometimes he falls into the into the into the the, the trash. Says one of these days I'm going to fall into something full of needles. <laughs> that was kind of my point. Yeah, or like you know, well, I, oh, this time I got impaled on rebar. Whatever. <laughs> even he, even he doesn't get it. <laughs> I, I I'm reminded now of uh, rewatching Assassin's Creed videos, and while I was doing my research on memory construction and like how the Assassin's Creed franchise in general handles its laws of physics and whatnot and the way that it doesn't handle memory and one of the suggestions I came up with is that it does actually handle memory in that one of the things your memory does is it tries to imprint on itself a best version of itself like you will often remember yourself as being funnier or cooler or smarter or getting a good line as opposed to remembering that line later uh, because your memory just naturally rewrites itself over time and usually tries to optimize itself to your self-image right and so, every single time you see a character in Assassin's Creed dive off fuck o'clock stories high into a bag of uh, hay and be completely fine, it's like, that is that is a memory that has been very, very slowly getting higher and higher and higher. Of like, <laughs> I fell off the first story awning into a, ba- into a hay bale, slowly becoming, no, it was like a second story window. No, the third, no, I was on top of Le Plaza de la Facochloch, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I totally landed, you know, it was just... <laughs> yep, yeah, that was totally me. <laughs> it's totally I, me. I, I especially want to... I, I wanted them to enforce this with the idea that every time it showed you a flashback to an earlier level, there would be more bodies around you than there were when you were there the first time. <laughs> <laughs> That were there are there there were six <laughs> dozen people around the industry, and then I killed the twelve Templars barehanded, of course. There's just so many fun. Well, to be fair, you don't do combat in the Assassin's Creed game no. with a weapon. 
There's literally no point. That's just so many fun things they could have done with the whole memory concept in that series, and mm-hmm. they totally squandered that. Especially when you have uh, the most recent one, um, not Victorious, uh, uh, the one set in London, Syndicate. Syndicate. Where you have two people, so you could have two conflicting sets of memories. So you could have these moments of Jacob standing on a tower and giving this amazing, rousing speech and bellowing. And as the crowd follows him and the riot, and with him at the head of the riot, taking on, like, the the upper-class toffs. And then you can have Evie's version of the same event, where he was slightly drunk, fell off the tower, and the riot was happening anyway. <laughs> Imagine if they, you know, narration argued... Like, wouldn't that be fun? You could have fucking Prince of Persia style bickering. Ah, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. The Assassin's Creed franchise. Squandered potential in a very expensive way. Ah, that's a pretty effective description of it in a modern context. More of the Assassin's Creed games were good than bad. I'll give you that, but they weren't very good. And they all had the potential to be, like, really properly amazing, and they all did something that pissed me off. <laughs> like, even Assassin's Creed 2. Assassin's Creed 4. Uh, 4 I can't get to run, so I haven't played it, so I won't I won't comment on 4. That's a pretty good, like, that's... Yeah, good point. My computer it fits the specs, and it literally can't run. And for what it's worth, it's probably a good time to try it again. True, I got an upgrade. Uh, but... Uh, consider Assassin's Creed 2, which I really enjoyed. I played a ton of that, mm-hmm. and at the very last minute... Ezio is standing over Pope Rodrigo Borgia and saying, No, no, I will not assassinate this man. He cannot hurt me now. Smash cut to the next scene, which is the Pope's forces flattening your home. You knucklehead, Ezio. I wonder how I could have stopped this. No way I could have. Who could have foreseen the circumstances of the Pope coming for revenge after my having humiliated him but not killed him? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's not so much that most of them have been bad as as they all felt just a little bit downhilly. <laughs> it came out like when the first Assassin's Creed came out, we were like, oh, this is kind of amazing. Yeah, it's a but- new property that lets you do really cool stuff and okay, it definitely has these flaws, but what else could we do? But the ending was really awful. Yeah. So it did have that downhill slide yeah. in itself. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and the thing is that's really weird is that consistently They've been better technically, and yet somehow that downhill slope has gotten steeper. It's this really amazing thing. We're just steadily improving on a badness, I guess. <laughs> it's, uh... I never did find the part where Assassin's Creed 4 gets nah. bad, so I don't know. Um, Maybe it just exaggerates <laughs> the aspects. The good bits get good, or the not good bits get worse. Like in Revelations, the single, worst, the single worst part of Revelations is that you have to play Ezio and not Yusef. <laughs> Because Yusef is awesome! <laughs> Ezio, you know, one game was enough for Ezio? In my opinion, I don't, I, yeah. But, Definitely uh, in my opinion. God, I was sick of seeing him by the end of it. In, in, in Revelations, Ezio, there's a sequence where you have to sneak into a party, and Ezio says, tell you what we'll do, we'll get those minstrels, we'll beat them up, and we'll take their clothes and sneak in. And Yusef looks at you and says, we're assassins. We, you, yeah. we, we can sneak in. You just want to beat up bards, don't you? <laughs> I really like yourself. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I like that Ezio's kind of an idiot. 
I think that's sort of a consistent trend of a secondary character who's more interesting than the main character in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> like, uh, Altair's buddy was more interesting than he was, too. And, uh, Zeus in Assassin's Creed 3. And I don't want to take away from Connor, but Zeus was amazing. Sorry, Apollo. I don't know him. Basically, the person who taught Connor to be an assassin ah, right. is this 75-year-old black guy oh, man. in in, in colonial-not-yet-America. Uh, like, how did you get to be an assassin? How did... <laughs> who did you... And, and there were these... There are very few moments where you see it happen, but there's like this one point where you have to rush to rescue him because there are some uh, Templars in his house. You open the door oh. and he's just standing there and holding his cane, adjusting the head of the cane, and there are four dead people around him. I remember this bloke now. <laughs> what did I miss? That would have been cool. Why can't I play this guy? Yes. I mean, mentors you can sort of give a pass on because you never get to play the mentor and that is the entire point of that character. That's true. But... It, it's not always that. I mean, there is usually, like, a friend or something as well who's just, you know, because the main character tends to be a little bit dull and, uh, uh, targeted. I I just would like to know that these opinions are being espoused by Fox, renowned Tails sympathizer. <laughs> Sonic is a wanker. <laughs> just... Just casually bringing up old grudges of the 80s. <laughs> Please, the 90s. Oh, uh, fair enough. I didn't care about anything in the 80s that much. No. Not the 80s. <laughs> I would like to remind everyone that the only good Sonic character is, in fact, Big the Cat. <laughs> hey, that's a great April Fool's Day joke, Chad. <laughs> We're going to get into a complex fight about the established points of the Sonic the Hedgehog canon, aren't we? Nope. We're gonna we're gonna talk about all the high points of the Sonic the Hedgehog series. You ready? Done. <laughs> yeah, actually, if Assassin's Creed is a series of disappointing <laughs> high points, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is very close to the same thing. Very close. Well, only because the downward tail has extended so long now. <laughs> it was quite an enjoyable upslope, and then it just fucking lost it. I think the thing is if every new installment makes you look back on a previous installment and go you know that wasn't so bad. It didn't though. Like Sonic 2 was better than Sonic 1 and Sonic 3 was better than Sonic 2 even though some people are weird and think that Sonic yeah. 2 is better. And, and since then it has been a consistent oh, yeah, slope since of then. the Black Knight makes you go sorry Colors makes you go was the Black Knight really that bad? Yeah nah, yeah the Black Knight was that bad. The Black Knight was terrible. It's funny that you picked one of the high points in the downward slide. Yeah. As an example. Yeah, but we're grading <laughs> a better point here. would be like, Black Knight, oh, were secret rings that bad? <laughs> I can't actually remember what order they came in, because it all, after a certain point, just turns into this muddy soup of disappointment. <laughs> muddy soup of disappointment, disappointment is one of my OKCupid okay profile names. <laughs> But the plan for Sonic the Hedgehog franchise oh, no. is Go on, great. Jeb. They're talking about a cartoon, more games of Sonic the Hedgehog, a movie. <laughs> oh, Christ, they're making a movie? Don't make a movie. They say they're making a movie. Fucking hell. A Sonic movie wouldn't have been good in the 90s. It won't be good now. But, but Sega has lied before. <sighs> Sonic Team... Sonic Team are not perfect at telling the truth, let's say. 
Now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the month of April 2009. I found a clue. Brought to you by Ennui the Hedgehog. There is no need for anything to go fast. We all stop at the grave. April 2009, we have yet another festival of odds. Oh, the summer of love. <laughs> of odd sequels and weird tie-ins. Just just the weirdest things to get tie-ins. But we can start with some more conventional video game fare. We have, first up, the PlayStation Network release of a, a, of a game concept that started on the Game Boy Advance by Capcom. And it plays with livestock. No. That no, started way before the GBA. Oh, that's Bamco Nam died. <laughs> uh, it, it has one specific type of livestock. You're not playing like a variety of them and it's not a farm management game. It's more of a, more of a puzzle game, really? Uh. Oh, uh, uh, apparently in this version of the game you do play multiple different types of, of, uh, livestock. Sheep, cows, chicken, and pigs. But the defining one of the game is still the sheep. You play them? Flockers? Uh, Jeb is right. Flockers. Flock. Which on the which had an original GBA version where you were piloting sheep to try and get them kidnapped by uh, UFOs. Oh. It was quite adorable. Mm, that's really cute. I've never heard of this. It's like a like a kind of like a three yeah, lemon yeah. thing. Uh and and flock. You are uh, controlling a UFO called the Flocker and trying to guide everything back to your mothership. The Mother Flocker. Of course. Yeah. Of course. It has a map editor, and it's apparently still available on uh, PSN? PSN and XBLA. Uh, curiously, it claims to still be available on the cloud on live service, which would be quite a trick. Cloud on live? Yeah. All right. Now, now this one I'm going to bring up, not because I think any of us know anything about this game. Uh, it, it is, after all, a Dreamcast game. Hey, hey. Uh, that didn't get released in English until well after the Dreamcast had gone. Oh, okay. It's a 1998 Sega Model 3 arcade game that was ported to the Sega Naomi arcades and then later for the Dreamcast home car- console in Japan in 1999. Virtual Cup? Uh, no. But oh, it did shit. later get ported in 2009. I remember you telling me about this and I was like, wait, what the fuck? To the x and it's a sequel to a 1995 video game called, amongst other things, Operation Moongate. Mm, uh, no, okay. I have no fucking idea. I have to admit it. And it leapt out to me because I thought, is this game set in Canada? Uh, Tim Horton's Moose Hockey Beavers. Hey. Okay, Day Fox two? used up her guess. What was that, Jeff? <laughs> No, and, and he's not. I, I heard that at first as Steve 2, and I thought, come on, Jeb, don't take the piss out of me right now. <laughs> Wasn't there a Steve... Uh, this is the thing, this is a JRPG thing, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the game is called Cyber Troopers Virtual On Oratorio Tangram. <laughs> oh, it's a virtual right, on Right, yeah, game. And, okay. and this is apparently the most popular virtual on game that was made. It's just, as I'm scrolling through it, I was like, is that Ontario Tangram? If you rearrange Ontario, can you make it duck? <laughs> Crack. <laughs> Alright, next up we have 
it's kind of an indie game by a Chilean developer, and it's not Rock of Ages. There goes my first guess. Yep. (laughs) Actually, I think Rock of Ages is Peru. Yeah, it is. Nonetheless, it's a first-person fighting game with elements of first-person shooter and survival. It's a Source Engine game. Uh... It, it has a generally positive take on it. Um, it does tend to go very cheap in sales, so lots of people tried it eventually. Um, it's not, it's not the prettiest game. Um, it's, it's a little bit creepy and post-apocalyptic cave person kind of thing. Oh, it's... I got nothing. When was this released? 2009. Okay, it's definitely not the way I was thinking, no. If I told you that its name has a technically a misspelling of what it's trying to say, will that help? Probably not, because I was thinking of The Forest, and that was not 2009. No, no, no. This is Xenoclash. Oh! Spelt Z-E-N-O. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Xenoclash was... Weird. it, It... yeah, pronouncing very weird. it wrong. It's about Scottish Buddhists. <laughs> Fuck that up with an O in front. It should be Irish, not Scottish. Zen- Sorry, ancestors. <laughs> Xenoclash. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Xenoclash, which is, it's a really weird game. Like, it's first person explorey, survivally Skyrim style, and then you get too close to someone and like, Side bumpers slide in and show you a character reacting like their face, like in a fight game, and then you have to punch them <laughs> from first person perspective. <laughs> it's a really weird game. That is a bizarre. And not thing. just mechanically. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for them. It's, it's weird. It's really weird. Weirdness is interesting, at least. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have a matching puzzly game. That isn't Hexel, so it's not that good. <laughs> no, Hexel's as well after 2009 anyway. What's it on? Everything. Oh. Everything, everything, everything. This is on the DS, the PlayStation 3, it's on Windows, it's on Xbox 360, it's on phones. Like, are we talking not... Peggle level matchy things or like. Yeah, you're, 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 yeah. Peggle is not a bad place to start. Is it it's not. Zuma? It's not Zuma and it's not PopCap. It's, uh, That's by. It's, it's, uh, by. Aspia Media and Infinite Interactive. And it hasn't come out on the Zune. <laughs> the fuck is a Zune? That's the, that was the Microsoft's uh, iPad, I, uh, <clears throat> iPod. Yeah. Oh! It's- is that why the music app in Windows 10, if you delete it using the console, is secretly called Zune yeah. Music? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. This cool? game purports... Um, no, but you're close. It's it's the other gem matchy game, and this one has a space theme. Oh. There's one that's not uh, I was going to say Jewel Quest, but clearly not. Uh, it's Puzzle Quest Galactrix. Oh. It was actually a Puzzle Quest game. Yeah. What is the ah, Puzzle Quest right. game? Uh, good games. Um, you, you spent heaps of time playing Puzzle Quest. Yeah, I did. Doesn't mean they're good. I got out. I'm better <laughs> I'm now. <free. laughs> wow. Uh, Reminds me, right. I have a new tablet. I should download uh, Magic, um, Magic the Gathering Puzzle Quest. Puzzle Quest. Oh, yeah, that might be no, good. No, it won't. 
Alright, so we have a game that I'm reasonably sure sure exists as a coagulation of Jet Grind's shit posting. <laughs> I wish you just stopped after it exists. That would yes, have been a great way exists. to intro a game. Uh, it's by a developer named a designer named James Silver, about whom I know very, very little. This is a game that came out on the Xbox 360 Xbox Live Arcade service. Mm-hmm. Uh it is a side-scrolling beat-em-up hack-and-slash with single and multiplayer. Mm-hmm. It was released on April the 1st, 2009, but it is actually a whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was based on something that Bruce Lee did in his life before he became a uh, an action star. It's Bruce Lee dancing sim? No, no, it's not Bruce. Not about Bruce Lee, but it is. Oh. But it is uh, based on an experience from his from his life, which is he used to be a dishwasher. Oh, it's the dishwasher. He also used to be a dancer. Yes, this game is called The Dishwasher Dead Samurai. And it's by Scar Studios. That Scar, like the music, or Scar with an R. Scar the music. Uh, this game has a mini game which requires the Guitar Hero and Rock Band peripherals to use. Ah, sweet. <laughs> No, not sweet. If I'm buying a $5 indie game on the Xbox Live Arcade, I don't want to have to buy a $60 peripheral for it. If you have an Xbox and you know how Guitar Hero, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, next up, we have an incredibly sparse Wikipedia page for a PSP game that came out... (laughs) Well, that could be any PSP game, because nobody gave a fuck. Yes. True, the PSP was not a well-sourced thing in English. plenty of people gave a fuck about Valkyria Chronicles 2... Because they were very, very mad at it. Actually, tell you what, here's here's the Japanese name. I'm just going to give you the whole Japanese name in full. Ikuse, Gensan, Yuyake, Daiku, Monotakari. Yeah, you got you got a hope in hell on that one at all. <laughs> it is the eighth and most recent game in that series, excluding spin-offs. It was developed and published by Irem Software Engineering in Japan, while it was later published in Atlas and in North America. And I have, at this point, told you everything except the name that's on the PSP page. Well, I recognize page. one of those words. <laughs> it's the eighth game in the Hammer and Harry franchise. And it's called Hammer and Hero. There's eight Hammer okay. and Harry games? Apparently there are there eight are of them. eight of them? There's one of them? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's, I mean, obviously. But eight? <laughs> Alright. I'd That's love to know what that title actually than... translates to. Because <laughs> it ain't Hammer and Harry. I don't speak Japanese, but I speak enough non-Japanese. Oh. The, the, Jap- the Japanese uh, franchise is known as Gensan. Oh, right, okay. So, we have a game about a, about a, a terrible, evil colonizing force uh, fighting the... Oh, ra- white people! F- fighting uh, Martians. Um... <laughs> Uh, this is a, a parody real-time strategy video game developed by Blackwing Foundation, Dream Law, and Endgame, described as trashy and over-the-top, mocking World War II strategy games and using Python-esque humor. It was released on Windows and not the Engage, which disappoints me because when your developer name is Endgame, come on. So you added the not the Engage. It wasn't the Wikipedia <laughs> entry just said, no. it was released on Windows not and the not the Engage. <laughs> That's very specific <laughs> denial, Wikipedia. What are you hiding? But here's the thing. As of and since July 22nd, 2009, the game is no longer available for purchase. Aww. With no reason given. And the official website has claimed, since July 22nd, unchanged, 
that an upgraded version of it is on the way and will be available for download shortly. So they went out of business. Well, that's all very disappointing. It got a 23% on game rankings and a 25% on Metacritic. Oh. Oh. GameSpot gave this game a 1.5 out of 10, calling it perhaps the worst RTS game ever devised. Jesus Christ. It sounded kind of fun. (laughs) Rock Paper Shotgun called the game rubbish, but admitted there's a certain car crash value, especially if you tie yourself in theoretical knots, deciding exactly how much of this game is meant to be satire. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, the presentation can be funny, and it's so absurd at times you really have to experience it for the sheer audacity of it, but the game itself is below average at best. So when we LP in this? (laughs) <laughs> when we can get our hands on a copy of Stalin versus the Martians. <laughs> God. Damn Good it! God. It sounds amazing! <laughs> the head developer said they were trying to make a trauma film game. <laughs> wow. Aim for the stars. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> You got one shot. Don't miss. The stars have it coming. <laughs> well, the worst you can do is apparently be below average at best. <laughs> yes. So Next I up, am impressed that they world... aim for the grounded mist. <laughs> Next up, we have a World War II stealth game that if you buy it on Steam, doesn't work. Yes. And yes, I am bitter. Is this the one with the lady hallucinating? Yes, this is the one with the lady hallucinating. I forget what it's which called, Which unfortunately does cover about a third of games on Steam. Go again, Joe. Velvet Assassin? Velvet That's Assassin. It's going to start saying, like, Rose or Crimson or something. Yes. I remember it had a sexy word in front of it. At least you're not missing yes. anything, because uh, apparently that game sucks. Yeah, but it sucks in a game that I'm interested in. And, like, there's just enough stuff going on in that game that I wanted to play it just so I could be mad at it directly rather than mad at it by proxy. Yeah, but you can't, you can't play uh, X-Blades either and you don't see anybody knocking down the door to play that. Uh, um, you don't need to experience that to be angry at it in a full, informed, justified way. The same thing with Velvet Assassin. I don't know, there's at least interesting this stuff is the in game, Velvet this Assassin. This is the game that ends with, and then she adopts all the Nazi babies because she wants to be a mom. Yeah, it's it's incredibly bad, uh, especially because it's based on a real the, fucking the, uh, person. Not only yeah, it's based on a real person, and they fuck up so much about her. She also does the last level like, in a in fucking launcher in a fucking nighty. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in Velvet Assassin, the character you play is named Violet Summer, and she is a British American. The woman they're based on is. Violet Zabo. Zabo, spelt S-Z-A-B-O, <laughs> who was French-born, and with a surname like Sabo, what exactly do you <laughs> think her heritage is? There's a few possibilities. Uh, it ain't American-British. No, it, it's, I would say it's probably Polish, maybe it's Czech, could be Russian. Hungarian, I think. Mm. Hungarian, I think yeah, Hungarian. that could be it. Yeah, and, and her actual end was being captured and executed in a concentration camp. Well, not really adopting all the Nazi babies. Finally, I could be a mom. Because let's, let's face it, every woman craves to be a mom. That's what we learn from video games, right? Anyway, but look, here's the point. That's all, like, interesting stuff, even if it is offensive. <laughs> and 
makes the game really problematic. <laughs> X-Blades doesn't have any of that. <laughs> it just has a cover that you look at and go, okay, I'm done. <laughs> so, speaking of games which have a very backwards view of women while still pretending X-Blades. to be very forward and empowering them, and having a bullshit time slowdown mechanic, uh-huh. and... X-Blades? Wet. Actually, no, this does still work on Steam, so I can't quite draw that comparison. <laughs> uh, oh, but it's not wet. But it's not wet. No. Uh, this is an indie game. Indeed, this is oh. the indie game, really. I mean, this invented Undertale? indie games. <laughs> no, 2009. What invented indie oh, games in brave. 2009? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yes. And by your pretentiousness, shall you know them. <laughs> and again, I quite liked Braid. I... I just wish that the conversation around Braid was slightly less dick sucky. <laughs> Which is not my okay keeping profile. Conversation... <laughs> I wish the conversation around Braid had been a bit more aware of financial um, mm. relationships. Like, I, you know, it, it is a legitimately good game. It's a legitimately interesting game. It's beautiful. It was making a uh, meta commentary on the nature of games before we had a s- landscape completely saturated with making meta commentary on the nature of games. Mm. But when people talk about this amazing, uh, you know, indie low budget success story, it's just like you learning to program your first game in your garage. The the reason that game looks gorgeous is because they get, they hired the artist responsible for the webcomic. A lesson is learned, but the damage is irreversible, who had, I think, seven years of non-stop painting under his belt, and they paid him well because he fucking yeah, earned it. and I have no problem with that at all. That's great. But that should be a thing that people bring up when they talk about succeeding at indie games with no fucking money. Yeah. Like, don't compare them to things that had fucking money. Yeah. Now we're into... Weird as fuck tie-in time. hey So, we have the DSi release of, I think, technically a Game Boy game. DSi? Which was known in Japan and PAL regions as a little bit of dot 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 its name. <laughs> it's an action puzzle video game published by Nintendo. Oh. oh, fuck. I should so know this. I don't think I know this. It's a falling block tile matching video game. It's Tetris-like. It's Warriors No, no, no this is Brandon with a character. Character? And I think Jeb got it. Warriors Woods? No, no, wrong! No, silly Jeb. No, wrong person. It couldn't be Dr. Mario. It is, in fact, oh. Dr. Dr. Mario. It's called A Little Bit of Dr. The Mario. The Japanese name for this, the DSi release was... Sorry, the DSware release was A Little Bit of dot 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 Dr. Mario. Huh. Oh. Uh, it was also known as Dr. Mario Online RX on the WiiWare. What was it? You said in Japanese. What was it called in English? Uh, uh, it's Japanese. Its English name was Dr. X Mario Express. Okay. I think back when you were telling us about it, you said in English it was called a little bit of dot dot dot. Oh, my bad. No. I suppose the track will vindicate or incriminate you. We'll see. Next up, we have a tie-in game for a movie franchise that is generally regarded as being slightly better than the franchise it's from. <laughs> Oh, that could be so many things it's the, these it's, days. It's the movie tie-in game to a franchise... The, the, the game is better than the movie, or...? Yes, the game is generally regarded as being better than the movie. It's also very much a personality-driven vanity project. Platform? Uh, this game came out on the Mac OS X, Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360. Yeah, it was everywhere. 
Um, it, it has voice acting by the car by the person who was pushing to get this thing made, who just fucking <laughs> loves making these games. Uh, he also just fucking loves making those movies. So, are they a wrestler? No, he's not a wrestler. He's a better actor than a wrestler. But I mean, I mean, if they can get him to wrestle, that <laughs> oh, it's Riddick. Good. It's Riddick. <laughs> oh man, that franchise is the weirdest fucking thing. <laughs> Bizarre little indie horror thing made on no budget. And In the middle of Australia. Now desert. let's do a heavy metal sci fi epic, basically <laughs> Conan in space. <laughs> what the hell? But yeah, apparently both Assault on Dark Athena and Escape from Butcher Bay are good video games against all odds, which is weird. I imagine a lot of stuff. I can see the logic there, because what happens in those films would be fun to do, and you wouldn't necessarily be thinking so much about the story, which is terrible and stupid. <laughs> Necromongers, for fuck's sake. Necromongers. Alright, alright. Okay, so, we all know that crime is a fertile ground for video game development, right? Crime? Crimes. We commit crimes all the time, fellow criminals. Uh, have you done a crime? I have not done a crime lately. Uh, so... It stands to reason that crime movies would be a Uh-oh. good place to go to get... Yeah. Godfather? No. Staircase. Worse. No, 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 no. You were in the right ballpark with the Godfather. But what's worse than the Godfather? Good what, would be, what would be sillier than making... No. The Godfather <laughs> 2. Oh. And it's not a video game of Godfather Part 2. Uh-huh. It's a sequel... To the Godfather video game. Of course, because that's what we needed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do not think anyone has made a Goodfellas tie-in game. I really hope they don't. Does this still star? Uh, <laughs> Al Pacino's <laughs> friend? Al Pacino, that's one. <laughs> so still star Al Pacino's personally chosen actor. <laughs> Oh no. Oh no, oh no, no, no. <laughs> uh, it, it, uh, <clears throat> it, it has multiplayer. What? <laughs> it, it has the online hell? multiplayer where you have to control one of the protagonists of the video games, Made Men. It's also a 16 player deathmatch in a third person GTA style game. Nice. Isn't that basically the same as saying you're playing an empty suit? <laughs> You're playing Steve. (laughs) And now, to quote from Hunter Smith, the EP of the game, The Godfather 2 offers players the ultimate fantasy of being a Don, of finally being the guy who calls all the shots of the family. By combining the strategic gameplay of thinking like a Don through the Don's view, with our intense visceral black hand combat, we are focusing on the game at the root of the Godfather franchise. What? In essence, we're creating a new niche in the open world genre. There isn't a game at the root of the Godfather franchise. The Godfather is the root of the Godfather (laughs) fucking franchise. Jesus. By the way... What was the... You want to know what the other credit of this particular EP was? Thrill me. The Simpsons game. (laughs) (laughs) He moved on from this to work as EP of Army of Two, Two. Oh. I'd... 
Wow. Joke is gone. Joke is superseded instantly. <laughs> There's nothing I can make fun of here. It's one thing mm. when you said army of two, but then you went the next step. But just, no. Damn. I'm so sorry. This man like, has... Wow. Oh, you know what's more fun? Anything? Oh. Say it quickly. Army of Tutu. Yes! It's a whole army of Bishop Desmond Tutu. Uh, no, it's an army in Tutu, silly boy. Well, I, I understand some people really like Army of Two. Like, there's a certain brotastic charm to the whole thing, and you get to design your own faceplates. And I, I'm told it's fun for a pair of players who are enjoying each other's company. Which, you know, stands to reason. Most multiplayer games, they're actually just an excuse to hang out with a friend. But apparently Army of Two Two decided, no, 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 people are having too much fun. There's too much, you know, the gay overtone that people were making fun of. We have to do everything in our power to stamp that out. So apparently Army of Two Two is just kind of completely soulless. I I just want to have a crack team of ballerinas, like, dancing the way around town, <laughs> kicking the shit out of things, because they can fucking kick. All right. We're almost done with this month. We're almost oh, done. thank Christ. And I've saved... I've saved the best and the weirdest for last. Oh, goody. Alright, so, we have a game that's part of two franchises. Sonic and Mario at the, the-, the Arby's next door? No, but... <laughs> no, but that would have been the easy route out. I've caught you, Jeb. I've put you in a trap. Mario uh, and Sonic at the Olympic Committee meeting. <laughs> Mario and Sonic shoveling snow for Sochi. Uh, no. This is, that implies this is that anybody cleaned up at Sochi. Yeah, Please. good point. Sonic doesn't need to shovel snow. <laughs> he can just spin dash. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Anyway, um, this was part of a... <laughs> this was released again in December of 2009 as part of both a 30th anniversary collection and a best range collection. This is a tactical action video game based on an anime, and it's also a sequel to another crossover franchise issue. Developed by Omega Force and published by Bandai Namco. Is this an armored core game? No, but it does feature giant fuck-off mechas. It's based on an anime. Yep. And another... Video game franchise. And another video game franchise. So it's like a Mystery Dungeon style of A Mystery Dungeon would be a good example, but it's not a Mystery Dungeon. It's the meaning of a game franchise and an anime franchise. Yes. Super Robot Mm -hmm. Wars? No, no, but again, big robots are a part of it. In fact, big robots are almost definitively part of it. Also that war is very bad. Now look at us do cool things in war with our really hot young characters. I mean, with this a Gundam, obviously. It's a Gundam, yes. I don't know what they would have crossed it with. Yeah, it, I, I did not know this thing could happen. So, Fox, you're a fan of Hyrule Warriors, right? There's a Gundam yeah, Warriors game? There's a Gundam there's Warriors, a, yeah. yeah. Gundam Dynasty Warriors 2. Yeah, uh, Gundam Warriors sure. is like the third like Muzo series after Samurai Warriors and Dance Warriors. Yeah. yeah, you gotta understand. Until Hyrule Warriors came out, I didn't know there were. I, I didn't know it was a massive sprawling eats other properties kind of franchise. Yeah. <laughs> I it was just Samurai Warriors and Dynasty Warriors. Uh huh. I have learned much. Then came now. Gundam Warriors, and I think there was a Gundam Warriors crossover with uh, Warriors Orochi, even huh. that had you had samurais fighting giant robots. Didn't that happen in most Gundams, anyway? I don't know. I've never seen a Gundam. All I know is that G Gundam sounds amazing. I watched all of Gundam Seed. I'm so sorry. (sighs) So All I I know is that G, like in G Gundam, like the Netherlands Gundam is a a windmill. It just hides. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the American Gundam pilot, his name is Chibity Crockett. And that's the best name. Oh my god. <laughs> that, wow, that is so much culture value right there. That's incredible. I thought it was bad when they had the, the black pilot in Geobreeders talking in what was quite clearly 1940s uh, um, Disney black person speech. There's a horse Gundam in Gundam G, in G Gundam, I'm told. Okay. And yes. I mean, it, I don't know what country it's from. I've never seen it. I'm just going by what I heard. <laughs> There's a horse Gundam, <laughs> and it's piloted by a horse. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. Okay, guys, Pacific Rim 2. <laughs> With a horse. <laughs> and if you've got a horse piloting a horse mecca, you can have a dog piloting a dog mecca. It's yeah, true. I'm down with that. All right, now. Hell yes. What, what takes an existing tie-in and makes it just that slightly bit more suspect, that little bit more this was here to fool grandma at the checkout kind of game? <laughs> okay, I when you said suspect, I was going to say like just taking off half the costume of the female cast, but just add Disney. We've got a pair of games that are tie-ins to Disney. First up, we have a rhythm game. Ugh, that could be anything. Yeah, it could be anything. It's way later than Uh, Disney DDR. Animated This is not, in fact, way later than Disney DDR. Disney DDR, Disney Grooves. Which one? It's just Disney DDR. It's called Disney Grooves, Dance Dance Revolution. Because... For the Wii, oh, okay. April second, two thousand and nine. Okay, because that would be because ah. like I played Disney DDR in like two thousand four. So well, they brought it to the home. That, I'm not that sure that was, that is really you, the right word to associate with Disney music. That, well, that let you play like remixes of Disney songs, or just oh. yeah, like like um, because when the, I think of Groove, I think of it's a small world. Oh, oh, but you don't understand. You don't understand. Is it There's a, a ducking world, the hardcore remix. remix. <laughs> Does it include the ducking hardcore remix of A Spoonful of Sugar? Because I know that one got people out of their seats. No, I'm serious. There and is actually a ducking hardcore remix of A Small World, and it's fucking hard. Oh, jeez. It's like the hardest well, song on the track. It also highlights. But it also has, also has, like, se- also has like 70s funk songs. Oh, okay. But the, uh, the, the box makes a note of having both Zippity Doodah and Circle of Life, <laughs> two songs that I know I always thought were dance tracks. Uh, see, Disney SingStar makes a fuck ton of sense. Disney DDR makes zero like, sense. Like I said, they, they actually, they are actually mostly like legit remixes of these songs. Alright, fair enough. Yeah, but the songs that shouldn't be remixed! Why not? They already suck. <laughs> <laughs> Remixing them isn't gonna help that If you make enough Next. noise behind them You don't have to hear the fucking lyrics uh, uh, <laughs> I, d- well, I suppose it may- might be better than the situation these days Where if they wanted to make a Disney dance game They'd just go, okay, how many pop stars do we own right now? <laughs> just pick them out of the bat <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much So the Ducking hardcore, come on thing. No. Last thing. <laughs> last thing. Okay. Deep breaths. We're almost there. We're almost out. We're almost free. 
another. Dude, dis- that's what you said the last two times. Yeah. Wait a second. I thought the I thought the fucking you said you'd save the, the worst for last. <laughs> you lied. I have. I have. I don't trust you, Talon. You've hurt me before. This game was developed by N Space. It was developed in space. Holy shit! That's amazing. This game was released in North America three days before the film it was meant to tie into, and it was not advertised. It was revealed first by its ESRB rating. <laughs> like, the first people to cover this were the ESRB's oh. press release of, these games have come out, these are their ratings. And that's a game with some confidence behind it, alright. The entire game had been leaked to the internet a week before release date and was not generally par- pirated. <laughs> They tried to get this game pirated, and it okay. Didn't. When you said, oh when you say, God. it's a, it, it is this still a Disney property? This is still a Disney Was property. Was it a Disney property? Uh, yes. Oh. Uh, I don't think that I, I. They can't make more of this Disney property. All the people involved have moved on. Uh, they're dead. <clears throat> this movie, this movie <laughs> killed them. Uh, the player goes on various mini-games to earn achievement points and trophies to unlock new game content, such as horse riding, the milk jug topple, horse races, and frog Oh, is this Hannah Montana? This is the Hannah Montana the movie the game. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh wow. They couldn't even come up with a real title for it. Oh, they. My. They just yeah. slapped extra words on there, didn't they? Three weeks later, it was resold as Hannah Montana Rock Out the Show, which was bundled with the PSP Entertainment Pack, which includes a Lilac yeah. PSP, a UMD featuring <laughs> Hannah Montana episodes, a 2 gigabyte memory stick, oh and vinyl stickers. Yeah. <laughs> well, that actually sounds kind of neat, except for the Hannah Montana part. Oh no, that for the game, Miley Cyrus did not provide her own voice acting... They had to use clips from the movie. But Billy Ray Cyrus was available to record new lines. Billy Ray Cyrus will do anything for money. That man needs work. Have you seen the Achy Breaky 2? That yes. man is destitute. That man is for sale. I think, I think we've broken Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, I would advise you to go to youtube.com and look for the achy breaky 2. No. Oh! Oh no! Oh. I found oh. something worse! Oh. I was right, you were I lying! I was wrong! I was wrong because I looked at this game title and went, oh no, I know that one. That's a tie in with a good franchise. That's not remarkable, we'll move on. But no! Oh no! No, 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 no! It's another tie-in with a movie. Oh, no. Wait, a worse movie? A worse movie. How? One Direction. This movie stars Justin Chatwin, Emily Rossum, James Masters, Jamie Chung, Chow Yun-Fat, June Park, and Eriko Tamura. A lot of those people don't suck. Yeah, but the movie sucks. And the, the movie tie-in movie? game sucks. What if I told you that this franchise already has movies? Lots of movies. From Japan. And this was the movie they made in America. Is this a Godzilla? <laughs> no, a Godzilla would be better. A Godzilla would be merciful. No. This is the Dragon Ball Evolution oh. Oh, movie Christ. game. All those people were in oh, no. Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. oh, no. Yeah. Um, 
don't fucking make a Sonic movie, all right? <laughs> we learned our lesson. Look, Sega, we know you're listening. Please, please don't make the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It's not going game. to work. The Dragon Ball Evolution video game doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Oh. It's listed as example of merchandise. Oh, wow. This is your fate, Sega. Because you're going to make the movie, and then you're going to make Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, the game. Oh, think God, about it. Think about see it. The future. Come on, Sega, just think about it for a second. <clears throat> Features various playing modes. Local multiplayer. Local multiplayer battle mode. <laughs> Local production stills. <laughs> Features, Who wrote this feature pictures, list? Is that a game mode? <laughs> game mode pictures. That's, that's screenshots of a movie. That's Google Pictures search for this movie's name. Yep. Ah <laughs> uh, dear. So, I think that's all for now from the downloadable concept podcast. I think Fox needs to recover from her overdosing on Billy Ray Cyrus Schadenfreude. While we're uh, while we're at it, stop asking for a Zelda movie as well. <laughs> stop it! Just stop it! It's not what you think the it Legend is. Legend of Zelda, the movie, the game, the card game. <sighs> I play Legend of Zelda card game. I would play the fuck out of a Legend of Zelda card game. You'll get designing then. <laughs> get to work. Well, what you do is you have... You, you make thinly veiled adaptations of all the characters. Well, you design it like Hecatomb, so the cards are actually an odd shape with translucent sections, so everyone's card is... Everyone's a triangle? Uh, yeah, is a triangle with a section of that triangle blacked in, so you have to like stack them up in threes to get all three Triforces represented by a particular combination of characters. And what, are you writing this down? Yeah, yeah. That... Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, the real problem I see is that you only need three. Because... <laughs> It's a very easy puzzle to solve, and in fact, I think I know which characters do. I think I've worked it out. <laughs> nah, see, you haven't played Hecatomb. Anyway, uh, then again, no one played Hecatomb. <laughs> that was so expensive. And what was the one? Was it Dreamweb? Dreamblade. Dreamblade. Yeah, that's right. They went, Let's make a collectible miniatures game. It costs like fifty dollars a booster. Is this going to turn people off? Nah. No, no, no. The issue, the issue with Dreamblade Turns was that it was yes. a miniatures game. Which was built around draft, and Wizards of the Coast are really good at draft. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that meant that it was just like any other miniatures game, in that you just buy three of the boosters. It's just like any other draft game. You buy three boosters and you start, except the yeah. thing is, a magic booster is $6, a Dreamblade booster was 25 So it was $75 per player that. to draft. But that's the point. I mean, they made the draft format kind of work with the D&D minis, because they were cheap. Yeah. They were they were pretty cheap and nasty with a few nice highlights. Yeah, whereas uh, we have this terrible stuff, and, and in Hecatomb's case, the same thing because the cards had to be made of plastic, not cardboard, because they needed transparent right. sections, which meant that a Hecatomb booster cost, I think, it was twelve dollars, <laughs> and you needed Twice four the price to draft. Of magic, right? You need four of them to draft. So <laughs> everyone's got forty eight dollars, right? No? no. Oh, let's go play two drafts instead. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well. That's all for this week from the Downloadable Concept Podcast. As ever always, that was Jeb. That's been Fox. And that's been Talon. 
and as I'm sure you all appreciate, our April Fool's Day joke is over. We were in fact doing this entire podcast in clown costumes. Isn't that funny? Ha ha! Now we can record the uh, real podcast, right? Yeah, because yeah, that was that was the that was the April Fool's. Yeah, that was, that was, that was the yeah. yeah, that was the silly yeah. take. Let, okay, starting over. Right, okay. okay, well, we'll publish the real the real podcast next time. Yeah. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Jet fuel can't melt steam beams. Well, look, I wouldn't have made fun of Billy Ray Cyrus like that if it was the real part. Po- oh my god, you guys are going to post that, right? Even as an outtake, I think people would be too sensitive about Nobody's that. Nobody's going to be sensitive about Billy Ray Cyrus. Look, you're allowed to make fun of my dad all you want. It's part of the family rights. <laughs> <laughs>